I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that one yet. It's on my Netflix. But I haven't seen that one yet. Hello. 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 Hey, you sound good. I do? Yes. Am I am I loud enough? Yes, you are. Perfect. Thank you. Hooray. Wait, Tom, come back. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, Tom was helping me with the preamp because I only kind of know how it works, so. Oh, I, I barely even know what that is, and <laughs> I allegedly. I'm, the... I'm just yelling into a light bulb. <laughs> <laughs> I just scream into this trash can and then eventually bang some buttons on my computer and it somehow spits out a podcast. Well, here I am. I'm here. Yay. And this is our podcast. We start right away. We don't. Oh, yeah, well, are you already recording? <laughs> We're rolling. Uh-huh. Oh, shit. Okay, good. Welcome to I Haven't Seen That. Thank you. And with us this week is Sarah McHenry. Very funny internet person. Oh, thank you. That's nice of you to say. And also Mark. Yes, I'm also here. <laughs> and also me, Whitney. <laughs> and this is, this is our very... Uh, we're actually doing it during the daytime this this week, which is nice. Instead. Oh, do you, do you normally do this late at night? Last week we had the latest recording ever. Oh, it was yeah. 9 p.m., so it wasn't actually that late. But by the, by the time we finished, it was, you know, close to 11. That's true. Heavens. Heavens, Heavens. to Betsy. Heavens. That's, that's unseemly. Yes. On a Sunday? Good, goodness. <laughs> that's Children a need to be in bed. My yeah. science classes... <laughs> Um, this is, I haven't seen that. It's a show about, sorry, we, we keep, uh, we keep sort of like uh, trying to come up with better ways to explain what our show is about. Um, but I, but, uh, Sarah, what's the thing you haven't seen? I haven't seen Saving Private Ryan. Hmm. You haven't earned this. (laughs) I haven't earned what? See, exactly. What? Oh, have you seen it? Have you seen it, Mark? I honestly, I don't remember if I've seen it or if I saw a lot of Band of Brothers. (laughs) And I just, and I know this is heresy to say to you, but I feel like I've, I've I've seen a lot of World War II stuff shot in that like very cool, like blue toned film. Mm -hmm. Um. No, it's Captain America, the first Avenger, for example. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, man, the middle of the century was very heavy on blue tones and also mud. Mm-hmm. Um, war is mud. No, I don't. You're you're not you're not speaking in, incorrectly to say that a lot of World War II movies look alike <laughs> and kind of blend together due to them all being about the same thing. Well. It is kind of weird that we don't have a whole lot of World War II movies about stuff that happens outside of Europe, I would say. Like, yeah, it was a world war. Right. <laughs> like, there's a lot of stuff in North Africa and obviously throughout the Pacific. Anyway. Um, but punching Nazis is so much fun. Yeah, I guess it's that that thing where Nazis are so recognizably like everything that we now think of as like super villain stuff is directly from the Nazis. Like putting skulls on your like uniforms, like marching in lockstep down a street. It's all like, it's all directly from the Nazis. Were they the first to use skulls to indicate villainy? 
I think so. Or the first... I don't know. Actually, there's probably a lot of, like, weird 1750s cavalry officers with, like, facial scars. Covered and, in skulls. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think European military orders are probably fairly death-obsessed. <laughs> um, yeah. Sorry, I'm just... You've just you've just come in and are all all moist and sweaty. No, I I got well that that is true, but that is always true. It's the summer now here mm-hmm. forever until it's mm-hmm. very cold again. Mm-hmm. Here too, it's the worst. <laughs> yeah. Why why does this keep happening? This is awful. <laughs> the eternal uh, shift of the planets. So if you haven't, why why haven't you seen Saving Private Ryan? Explain yourself. Um, okay, well, one thing you need to know, a couple things about me. Um, one is that when I was a kid, uh, I had really bad eyesight, and I didn't know that I had really bad eyesight, so I television and movies were extremely boring to me because I didn't, like, there was nothing for me to see. It was just blurry lights, and I didn't get why everybody liked cartoons. Um, so, like, most of the movies people see as kids, I didn't see. So that's one thing. And then the other thing is that I have a sleep disorder and I fall asleep during movies all the time. Like, I've seen, quote-unquote, seen Lord of the Rings movies. I've seen all of them at least once, but I haven't really ever seen any of them. (laughs) (laughs) Those are real tricky for people who get sleepy during movies. (laughs) Yeah, they really are. Um, And I've gotten better at staying awake during movies, but it's still really hard. And so, like, if I were going to watch the Lord of the Rings, any of those movies, I'd have to spread it out over like, okay, then I'll stop and maybe make dinner or do something, you know, because just sitting there. Yeah. Run a lab, do some jumping jacks. Yeah. Oh, I have to have snacks. Um, I really like to watch movies while I'm doing something like knitting or hand sewing, because then I'm sort of half occupied. But I also know that like, when somebody's like, you got to see this movie, it's my favorite movie, and then you get out, like, your cross-stitch hoop, then they get mad, so... It's so stressful um, when somebody says, you got to see this movie, it's my favorite movie. Yeah, well, tell that to my husband. Um, no, Tom, that's a joke. Tom, it's really stressful. That's a joke, but he does, he's seen, like, every movie. He, we, he worked at a video store for a few years, and he's seen a lot of stuff. And so he'll be, like, looking at me sometimes to, like, make sure I'm reacting. And oh. it's, yeah. I mean, he's not, like, an asshole about it. I know, but yeah. I, it's, it's, so, it's so stressful when people do that. Except, yeah. except recently when I saw Furious 7 and our, our friend and previous guest, JSX, and I kept looking at me every time something really awesome would happen mm-hmm. to, like, confirm that I was excited as she was. And that's yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah, that's how, um, that's how I was at uh, uh, two days ago I saw Pitch Perfect 2. Uh, with Katie Donnelly, and we just kept looking at each other, and it was great. Um, now I haven't seen that, and I also haven't seen Pitch Perfect one. Oh my God, Whitney! We have to stop <laughs> recording this podcast right now. We have to take a two-hour break, and you have to watch Pitch Perfect because it is the best. And I used to be in choir. I used oh my God! To, I used to do well. I I never got. I know that like the whole acapella world gets intense. Mm-hmm. I, I never got that far in it, but. Well, I mean, do you like music and do you like people who are good looking and do you like choreographed dance routines? I mean, it's like really the most basic primal like joy. Yes, of course I like all those things. Yeah, exactly. I'm, You're a human being. Yeah. I'm really hoping that there's cave painting of a cappella like dance routines. <laughs> so I'm like 
<laughs> well, here, probably, the mighty buffalo. Here. Like, yeah, like bison <laughs> probably Mac. in formation. I mean, that's kind of a choreographed Can the routine. buffalo do uh, jazz hands? Jazz hoofs. Jazz hoofs. Oh, that'd be so cute. <laughs> that'd be so cute. I've I've had the problem that the past week I've been listening to a ton of Spotify, which I don't always do. I've been listening to the Teen Pop Station and various mm-hmm. other. I try to keep abreast of mm-hmm. the of the popular music, mm-hmm. mostly so I can shame my friends who don't know what's hip. Hey, but also, you like pop music. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah I will I also... point out this is not like anthropology for no, you. No, no, I do enjoy. I like just legitimately enjoy. It, but also, there's some part of me that's like it's the anti hipster. Or I, I feel mm-hmm. superior for enjoying the, the music of the, the hoi polloi. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's my own personal problem. But they've played ads for Pitch Perfect 2. And I was like, this seems horrible. But that's just because I remembered that ads for comedies are always the worst. That is very true. Um, okay, here's the thing about Pitch Perfect 2. It is... I can say definitively, I, I don't think it's a good movie. Like... <laughs> It's the pacing is all off. There's a lot of directorial choices that I personally would not have made. It's directed by Elizabeth Banks, and this might be her first directing gig. And obviously, I love Elizabeth Banks, and I'm pro anything she does. But I don't think she did a, a, an outstanding job with directing. Um, and a lot of the jokes are kind of like, huh, or like plots are like, so that's what she did. But like, the music is good, and some of the jokes are great, and John Hodgman is in it. And Wait, yeah, John Hodgman is in it briefly. Um, and I mean, it was fun. You know what I mean? It was fun, but it wasn't like capital G good. I'm fully supportive of movies that are just fun. Capital F yeah. fun. But the first one is capital G great. Like I've seen it. It's one of those ones where it's on HBO all the time. And if I'm flipping through channels and I'm like, oh, the last 20 minutes of Pitch Perfect are on. Well, I'm not going anywhere because I'm watching it. Like I've probably seen the climax of that movie 10 times. Maybe it's on HBO Go. Maybe I can watch. Oh, it it, it might be. Yes. Um. That that uh, from that one password that we all share. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because the first time I watched it, so um, Tom, my husband Tom, wasn't home, and I was flipping through channels. I'm like, oh, Pitch Perfect is on, and it was like, I had missed like the first twenty minutes or half hour or something, and so I watched it, and he came home like right at the end, and he's like, what is this movie? And I'm like, it's the greatest movie ever. And so then the next day, I was like, I kind of want to see the beginning, and he's like, well, I kind of want to see the first half, so we watched it again, and then thus began our love affair with Pitch Perfect, and it has not ended. It's the greatest. You could say that the movie is Pitch Perfect for your... (laughs) It's pitched directly at my heart, I'll say that. Perfectly? Perfectly. Um... I feel like that's a movie that I've seen probably six or seven times just by osmosis. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like I, like, I know I watched it all the way through at least once. Um, and then I feel like I've just walked into rooms where it's been playing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But maybe that's just a dream I had. Um, no, it's, it's, it's good stuff. Um, were you ever in choir, Mark? I was in youth operas when I was what? when I was a child. <laughs> Only a couple, um, and then my voice changed <laughs> you dramatically while like in a youth opera. <laughs> you need to tell me more about what youth operas you were in. And then I walked away from the opera house while the theme from The Incredible Hulk played. Sadly, <laughs> just looking for another opera, man. <laughs> 
Um, Thumb out, voice cracking. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Hi! Hi! Can I get a ride? So then you didn't sing with your adult voice ever? You, you mm-hmm. just gave up on it? Yeah. Um, or I, I feel like I, I had like a an adolescence that was marked by like doing a lot of things. Wait, wait, that's that's hilariously untrue. I didn't do a ton of things, <laughs> but I did not like I didn't really do things. That <laughs> make up your mind. I know yeah. the exact opposite, but no, I did not do any adult operas. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Ooh, sounds awesome. Yeah. So, did you have to sing in in languages other than English in your in your kid operas i did and i'm i'm betting that i'm betting that our german was not great Uh uh-huh i want to i want to know like what operas um well hansel and gretel which is uh um hansel and gretel which i believe is in english uh benjamin Britten's noyes flood the uh noah's noah's flood it's actually Mm -hmm. in um it's in uh, oh, Moonrise, Moonrise Kingdom. Kingdom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was the Raven in that, <laughs> and God, there was one other that what I kind did. Of bird were you? I was remember. the Raven. Yeah, but you remember he says that. That's yes. a line from the movie. I haven't Hi. seen that. Oh my God! Oh man! Really good. <laughs> I should be interviewing you, Whitney. <laughs> As we've established on this show, though, that I I, I don't care for Wes Anderson. Oh, well, then you won't like it. It's very West Anderson. <laughs> we've had some people say, say, oh, that's the movie you should watch if you don't like Wes Anderson. And then, and then some people say, oh, no, that movie is way too Wes Anderson. So I think I'll I'll just kick back and watch Fast and Furious right. some more. Oh, I thought you were going to say Fantastic Mr. Fox again. Well, yeah, that I that's that's the only Wes Anderson movie I like. Yeah, that one's very different. Yeah, it's full of puppets. <laughs> the, the major thing is the puppets. Um. I do not think I've ever seen any of the Muppet movies all the way through. Huh. I and- saw them when I was little enough that I don't remember anything about them. I've, I've seen them all, I think. I'm watching them right now. <laughs> Kermit <laughs> is next to me. It, no, just, I saw- it just was the 25th anniversary of, of Jim Henson's death while we're at it. Oh. Sorry to bring everything down. No, I'm not. I saw Muppet Christmas Carol in the theater. So I remember that one. And I remember that when I was a kid, so my sister is five years older than me. And then we have a cousin who's four years older than her. And so they would often be watching things that I was like way too young to be watching, such as Pink Floyd's The Wall. Um, <laughs> and like they'd be like, don't tell our parents you're watching this with us. Um, but so anyway, they, they liked Follow That Bird when we were all like pretty young and I remember that part in the middle where where Big Bird is like separated from the rest of them and everything's like all blue and sad. Just like as a kid, I couldn't get over the sad middle parts of movies. Do you know what I mean? Like it was too yeah. sad. The, the Even if I knew there was a happy ending. Oh yeah, I, yeah. My parents had to <laughs> were so embarrassed. We almost never went to the movies as a family. But we saw Beethoven, and I was crying so hard that they had to, like, take me home, and they were embarrassed, and they were mad at me. No. And I was like, but they were going to they were gonna kill the dog. And they're like, right, but they didn't. It had a happy ending. And I'm like, I don't care. The fact that there are people who exist who would kill a dog just, like, ruined me. I could not deal. <laughs> so sad. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, I was shamed for it, so... <laughs> so that's why you have no more feelings anymore. Yep. And you hate dogs. I hate dogs and movies. Yeah. And do a lot of killing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's also all the murder. Actually, I, I, I did... I do think I saw Muppet Treasure Island with Tim Curry in the theaters. Wait, you were with Tim Curry? <laughs> yes! I sat next to him, and the entire time, every time he was on screen, he leaned over and said, this is a good part. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, no, he was in Muppet Treasure Island. Ah. Uh, and I feel like I feel like it's impossible for Tim Curry to be in a movie without making it feel, like, sort of perverse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he's just enjoying himself too much whenever he's on screen. It's really fun to be Tim Curry, I've gathered. I mean... Apparently he's been ailing, so oh, well, that's not great. But but in his prime, it was a laugh a minute life for Tim Curry. <laughs> I think without without knowing any biographical details of all at all about his life. I mean, have you guys watched Clue lately? That's a actually. Did I tell you my Clue story? I don't think so. Um, I was working in the East Village and I left work and I was like, God, you know what movie I really want to own? Clue. And I walked to Kim's. And I looked in the comedy section and I couldn't find it. And I, I went to the front and I'm like, hey, guys, this is a this is a crazy question. But do you guys have Clue? And they're like, oh, yeah, it's not in the shelves because it just came out today. Here it is on Blu-ray for $12. <gasps> and I was like, it's a sign. God wants me to buy and watch Clue. It still holds up. It's, it still does. Uh, that's one I haven't seen. Oh, it's It's a good one. It's, I yeah. think it's on Netflix currently. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot of words from that movie, or phrases, like flagrante delecto and uh-huh. red herring. Uh-huh. <laughs> Since I, I, I wasn't terribly young when I watched it. I was like maybe 13, but it just... Yeah. Phrases like red herring, that hadn't come up yet in my life. Sure. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, communism. Communism. <laughs> when did you learn about communism, children? Hmm. Socialism, I definitely... I, there's there's a scene where it's like, I found out my wife was a socialist, and I didn't know what that meant. And I, I was like, that doesn't sound like a bad thing. Being social yeah. is nice. Yeah. Aw. It isn't. Oh. <laughs> um, did, wait, did you guys see Forrest Gump? I During saw... the insane Forrest Gump, like, craze of, what, 94? Four. Four. Yeah, I saw it in the theater. Yeah, so that was as did I. Whole family seeing it with that part where she's naked and playing a guitar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that part I don't remember, but I can. It's pretty rough. My grandmother was there. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, after after I saw that movie, I read the book, and the book is different. Yeah, is the book is more of a satire, <laughs> and I was disappointed. <laughs> So is it a satire of the type of movie that it is? Kinda, yeah. I mean, I so haven't the- read it since I was 12, but it's it's definitely not the same. <laughs> so Forrest Gump sort of got the treatment of, like, the Evil Dead remake, where, like, well, let's take a satire and just make it what it is. Yeah, like, kinda. make it the thing it's... Huh. Interesting. I mean, this is me talking about a book I haven't read in 20 years, but I... <laughs> But that's sort of the basis of what this show is about. <laughs> Vague memories. Mm-hmm. Half recalled things. 
we should probably actually change the name to this to what was that <laughs> and then like in parentheses furious typing while furious we pull googling. up yeah furious googling <laughs> and then going oh it was cool world it was always cool world <laughs> every time it's cool world i haven't seen mad max yet oh my gosh me neither and i'm really excited too or have I? I haven't seen any Mad Max. Oh, I saw the first one. I haven't the the previous the the originals. Are those from the eighties or the seventies? Seventies, then eighties. Because okay, so then there's Mad Max. There's Mad Max Road Warrior, which is it, this is actually interesting. Mad Max Road Warrior is like the it's it's kind of the um, it's kind of like Evil Dead and Evil Dead Two, where it's mm-hmm. basically. Actually, wait, no, it's completely different than the first movie. But the, when when people say Mad Max, they're all, almost always thinking of the Road Warrior because that's the first one where it's like like guys in g strings in the desert screaming, <laughs> and the previous one is is just Mel Gibson driving around, and then like then like shots of hawks, like the heads of hawks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, oh man, I I um, sorry guys, I I am really excited to see Mad Max. <laughs> I know, the, and the third one is Beyond Thunderdome, right? Yes. Have uh, you seen that? Can you tell me what the Thunderdome is? I know Tina oh, Turner's in that one. It's a big cage where Tina Turner makes you fight a guy. Is that where two men enter and only one man leave? Yes. Oh yes, that is that is precisely where that happens. Wow, is that, you should... Is oh, that where sorry. we get that? Like, is that how, how, why that's a thing people say all the time? I think so, actually. Hmm. I mean, either that or like a summer slam in a steel cage brother <laughs> mm-hmm. um <laughs> but no yeah i think that might be where uh where two men enter one man leaves unless wait do you guys think that that's like a common enough thing to say or a common enough occurrence that that would just exist outside of yeah that's what franchise? that's what i'm wondering we do have a, a nice culture of two men entering a, <laughs> a ring or a cage and only one man leaving mm-hmm no, usually they both leave. Just one is honestly. injured or shamed. <laughs> and if you leave shamed, is it really leaving at all? <laughs> Have you? Do you ever leave that ring? Oh, maybe it means like you're not a man anymore. Oh, two it. men enter, one man and one broken boy leave. <laughs> <laughs> one, one baby boy. One, <laughs> one crushed delicate flower. That's oh that's why every time there's like a, a a mixed martial arts match ends, the guy who loses, they put one of those spinny propeller hats on him before he leaves. <laughs> like short <laughs> pants and a big lollipop. <laughs> <laughs> Once I bought my mom like a, a tape, uh, not a tape. What year is it? Uh, a DVD of mixed martial arts like highlights for Mother's Day. Go on, because she liked it. <laughs> Okay. So this was something. This was an accurate um, assessment of her of her taste. It was a thing that she would have wa- she wanted and okay. she appreciated. I also once got her a pimp cup that said "Mom" on it. Aw, that's nice. I was good. I conversely once I was talking to my dad and out of nowhere he brought up catching mixed martial arts on TV and he's just like, "I I can't believe this is legal. <laughs> I can't believe what these men are doing to each other." I I wouldn't watch it. It's I'm I'm delicate. 
Mm-hmm. I can't. I I've been hit in the head too many times myself to see people get hit in the head mm-hmm. recreationally. It's so <laughs> weird whenever there's like a big fight and suddenly everyone is interested in the fight. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? I think that's called taking part in our culture. <laughs> I'm just like, where where do you normally care about the fight? When? Where do people have time to consume all of this culture? Oh, all this fight. <laughs> well, I mean, that okay, I'm not into like the boxing, fight. the fighting. I don't I don't I don't like it. The, and in the sweetest science. In general, I'm opposed to football, but I watch the Super Bowl cuz it's like the Super Bowl, you know? So I think some people feel that way about it, about the the big fights, you know. Yeah, it's just it's it's for me it's I don't know maybe I'm just in the wrong uh, culture subculture to mm-hmm. be hearing because you know I hear about the smaller football games the ones mm-hmm. that lead up to the big game mm-hmm. but I never hear about the little fights. <laughs> the um, little... <laughs> I do because I follow John Darnell on Twitter, <laughs> and so he will talk about boxing and I think I have like a couple other people I know who like it, um, but I don't. I mean, it doesn't mean anything to me. And I know who Manny Pacquiao is because he's in a commercial for some kind of liquor that's always on during, like, Justified? It's on during something that I watch. I always see him. It's like some vodka or something. Oh, I got destroyed by a commercial today while watching. The one with the the parents adopting the little girl? With, with the lesbian the, parents the, learning the, sign the language yep. so they can adopt their deaf little girl. Yes. And I'm like, oh, nope. Here come the wow. larks. It's rough. That's rough going. It's for <laughs> they, Wells Fargo. <laughs> they they, just, they were just like, like us now? It's like, hey, liberals. What yeah, do you think? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, you got me. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's nice to be pandered to. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice that corporations are like, all right, give the people what they want. <laughs> It's like, oh, that was scientific. That was like really figured out in a lab. Yeah. Oh, of yeah. course, it means nothing to me. I'm not going to get a boat loan or whatever from Wells Fargo. <laughs> um, I once worked on a on a pitch video for um, a, actually, I don't know if I signed an NDA. I think I signed an NDA, so I can't say who it's for. But it's somebody that we just mentioned moments ago. But part of their <laughs> In the in the thing, they were like, "Yeah, we need to. We're doing a pitch to all these different demographics. Um, in in like, we we really want to get a push out there to LGBT people. But the picture they had for like LGBT people were these two dudes. Like it it was like a like texts from last night's like picture of these two really drunk, sweaty guys, like like making out. And I was like, I don't know if that's that's the shot you want to go with." Like yeah. traditionally, you have guys like 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 smiling at a baseball game together or something, right? Or like, yeah, doing something that connotes like family more. You know, like maybe not with a kid, but maybe they have a dog. You know, something yeah. that shows like yeah. these are responsible adults. And it's usually going to be a mixed race relationship to show just how open they are, right? Yeah, it's it'll be it's kind of interesting to see this entire uh this basically world like this the advertising tropes that are being built right now 
Because like mm-hmm. I, I remember, I remember when IKEA came out with the first like TV ad in Germany, I think, of like two dudes picking out window treatments together, and it was a huge thing. And that was in like that was not that long ago. So it's interesting to see what what's what's bubbling up to the top of the pile where they're like, okay, this is it. Like mm-hmm. these guys like leaning their heads on each other, holding hands slightly. <laughs> I actually signing looked, a mortgage together. I looked through stock photo uh, footage of uh, of gay male couples a couple of weeks ago for something, and it's it's like basically everything we've said so far, just for fun, um, for a job, but also there was but there's also for fun. Th- th- so there's a ton of crazy like stock footage where it's clear that it's just a dude who owns a camera, and he's just like, what could anyone use? Mm-hmm. So. He he had just a whole series of like the two guys, two two grooms wedding toppers in front of different things. Like mm. it was like, oh, here it is in front of the pride flag, but here it is in front of a rotating disco ball, and here it is in front of like like a brick wall, and here and it's just like, were you just going around town filming this? Well, you know, nice way to spend a Sunday. That's mm-hmm. true. Have it and <clears throat> take it down to the dump. <laughs> uh, we a while back there was there was some job I was working on and we needed stock f- footage of barbecues, and we found this stuff that these people in like rural New York, and it was clear that it was one guy and his friends, and they were just like, let's let, look, we'll film stock footage, people will buy it, um, and it was it was very, it was it was it was like a high school theater production of like people tailgating um, where it's clear they're in a completely empty parking lot, except for the (laughs) car that they're at. And like, (laughs) like people wearing different jerseys, shaking their fists at each other. And we used so much of their footage (laughs) because we were like, Oh, these guys (laughs) are so precious. Oh, they're, you know, they're, they're out there giving it their all groom topper on top of a tailgate (laughs) groom topper on the grill. Oh, melting! Oh, oh no! No, groom topper in front of the football. That shaking would... its fist. <laughs> oh, it'd be great if you could get the the one angry. They, I guess, they don't really tend to have a lot of points of articulation. I yeah. well, do the they toppers. do? Do they do like the like funny wedding toppers for gay couples where it'll be like one groom dragging the other groom? Probably um, because I, have you seen those horrible ones where the woman is dragging the man away from like an Xbox? Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, it's the worst. And I think I've seen ones like that where it's oh no, someone outside is mowing the lawn. Is that? Can you hear that? It'll be okay. Okay. We'll oh, here comes someone to close the door for me. <laughs> oh, thank you, Tom. Good job, Tom. See, marriage, I... marriage is. It's useful. <laughs> good, good thing I dragged him away from his Xbox. Yeah. I love it so much. <laughs> I'm gonna marry my Xbox. <laughs> That's why you I put know? on this tux to play Gears of War. Oh no, what's happening? <laughs> I feel like if you have an ironic uh, wedding topper like that, they just shouldn't file the paperwork. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what was your wedding cake like? Me? Yeah. Both of you. Well, mine, I had cupcakes. 
And then I had one like little, it was like a little eight inch round cake just so we'd have something to cut, you know, with the knife and the topper. And then, um, I had Jess Fink make our, uh, our topper. It's like a little shrinky dink drawing of us. It's very cute. That's adorable. Yeah. What about you, boy? We had pie. Yes. We, uh, you're not a big wedding cake fan people. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually, I don't think we cut the wedding cake or the wedding pie. Just dove the... into it with your hands. <laughs> <laughs> what if What if they just wheeled out a gigantic, like, you can't do that on, wait, no, what? double dare? It would yeah. be like a double dare, like, swimming pool-sized pie. And I just thrust my fist into it. Um, but no, I don't even remember. There's a lot of my wedding that I don't remember. Um. Just, yeah, and it goes by really fast. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like I spent most of my wedding, like, trying to say hello to people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah, since I am not married, and I've only ever been to two weddings in my adult life and three weddings in my life total. Well, I'm not counting the one I was a flower girl in when I was two. And believe mm-hmm. me, that was precious. I'm sure it was. It was fucking cute. I'm, so I'm always, like, extra fascinated by weddings and what people do with them and whether they were good or bad or it's a weird scene. (laughs) Weddings are a weird scene. And I never had the, like I, uh, the stereotype of like little girl dream wedding or or any sort of fantasies about my wedding other than the um, drawing I did when I was five of me marrying Ringo Starr with Bill Cosby (gasps) being the officiant. Oh my God. (laughs) That's great. And it was Ringo Starr in uh, The Yellow Submarine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did a <love> Psychedelic <laughs> Ringo. I did a lot of drawings of the Beatles in Yellow Submarine Aww. when I was a kid. <laughs> I, I've never seen The Yellow Submarine, or Yellow Submarine. It's, uh, weird. Yeah. I haven't seen I it. Think... I haven't seen it in, like, 25 years. Mm-hmm. I think I've seen A Hard Day's Night. I don't think I ever saw Help. Help holds up. The, the Hard Day's Night and Help really hold up. I think. I I actually remember from Hard Day's Night the part about whose whose granddad is this? It's Poles, mm-hmm. um, and they're like they're being like really like dry humor in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember reading about Help being really weird, like it's about clones or something. Yeah, something like that. I don't really remember the plot, but the the jokes are solid. I haven't seen that either. Hmm. I was yeah. about to, and I haven't even really seen good. like the One Direction movies, or there's got to be One Direction movies, right? Yeah, there's, and there's like a Justin Bieber footage, one, right? Oh, yeah, but there's not like they don't do caper films, right? They need to get back on that. Yeah, yeah. well, it's too late now. Okay, what was the last pop star caper film from Justin Spice Kelly? World? Was it Spice World? Or, well, Spice... there's from was does Crossroads count? I don't know. No, because she's not herself. She doesn't play herself yeah, in she's... it. But I don't think they play themselves in From Justin to Kelly either. No, I haven't yeah. seen that. But Oh, Josie and the Pussycats. Well, no, because that's fiction. I mean, they're, they're all fiction, but you know. Is Hannah Montana, does that even count? No. Well, maybe. Oh, wait, so my understanding of Hannah Montana comes entirely from Zombieland. <laughs> Is... It... <sighs> Is Hannah Montana, 
is she actually My- Miley Cyrus on the show? And then she plays a pop star named Hannah Montana? I don't think so. <laughs> We're so far removed from anything we know about. Well, That's you know, so- it's fair for us. I mean, despite my, like vast knowledge of things like the Jonas Brothers and High School Musical. I don't know a lot about Hannah Montana. But I'm Googling it right now. I, th- yeah. I, 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 think, I think she is named Hannah Montana on the show. Okay. Okay. She's... she's oh, did Miley I Cyrus that? plays the character Miley Stewart. Okay. And she is Miley Stewart by day and Hannah Montana by night. It's a famous pop star, Hannah Montana. Okay. It would be great if she was like Daredevil, too. <laughs> and she's cleaning up like <laughs> a crime-risk neighborhood. Man, that's one thing you never think about. Like, when does Batman sleep? I think about that a lot. Mm-hmm. Same. Or, yeah, Daredevil specifically, because, like, dude's a lawyer. Um, I mean, I, I think they've addressed that, like, Batman sleeps, like, four hours a night. And because... He's trained and superior to all of us. I'm literally sitting here. I just thought, wow, you know, Batman isn't very realistic. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it, everybody. That's, I'm done with pop culture now. The thing is, I don't think he's doing a lot at Wayne Industries. That's the thing, because there's the thing in um, in Batman Begins where where Alfred is like, even for a billionaire playboy, sleeping till 4 p.m. is like a bit much. Like you have to get out there. Like people have to see your face and know that you're like alive and that you leave your house. Remember? Actually, wouldn't it be a better cover for Batman if everybody just thought that Bruce Wayne was like uh, was like a Howard Hughesian hermit? Yeah. And then they could be like, oh, he spent a billion dollars on building a giant uh, merry-go-round in his basement. Instead of fighting crime. Then you hmm. wouldn't have to wander around with champagne flutes full of ginger ale. <laughs> Is that what he does? Uh, yes. I think. Oh, God. Man, he's got all the angles figured out. <laughs> he's Batman. I changed my mind. It's realistic again. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that we've got the ginger ale in there. Yeah, now, now that that's, that puzzle piece has been placed, I, I get it. I mean, I was about to say, are there any Batman stories where, and of course, of course there are Batman stories where this happens because there there would have to be, it, there's like 70 years and multiple like continuities, Batman but like... won't let us go. go. <laughs> <laughs> we can never escape Batman. But it seems like it would be fairly easy to figure out who Batman is. Mm-hmm. It does. Uh, like, like, it seems like any journalist would just be like, well, who's really rich and weird? <laughs> well, okay, it's Bruce Wayne. We figured <laughs> it out. <laughs> who, who constantly is covered in bruises? <laughs> um, and that is, that's our Batman podcast. This is the final <laughs> episode. We solved Batman. solved Batman. Thanks for turning into the Batcast. We, oh man we've, we've solved I love that I've repeatedly go, gone I don't care about superheroes and I think every episode we talk about superheroes because <laughs> you can't escape them they are our culture yeah, it's, really, it's really kind of strange how I mean it's not strange it's incredibly lucrative that's <laughs> why it's happening <laughs> the, the Marvel virus is in all of us <laughs> I haven't watched I haven't seen the uh, 
the Supergirl preview yet? Mm. I have a lot of mixed opinions on it. Me too. Mm. Tell me about I, it. Okay, if that Saturday Night Live sketch with the Scarlett Johansson uh, Black Widow movie had not come out like a week before the Supergirl trailer and did not hit like many of the same notes as the Supergirl trailer, mm. then I feel like people would have had a much more positive reaction to the Supergirl trailer. I didn't see that um, that sketch, so I don't know about that. I feel like, okay, so Whitney, to catch you up, what happens is it's this, um, the first 30 seconds of, no, minute and a half, it's a six-minute trailer. The first very uh, long part is basically the Devil Wears Prada. Um, Kara, whatever the Superman's last names are, L, L, yeah, sure. Uh, she is on earth and she's like, I'm awkward and quirky and I work at this magazine. And then Callista Flockhart is the, the Meryl Streep character. Right. And she's at some magazine and some unbelievably handsome black gentleman comes up to Kara and is like, see that photo of Superman? I took that. Except, Oh, except they're not allowed to say Superman. So he just says like the man himself or something. And it gets real awkward how they can't say Superman. Cause she's always well, saying my cousin, my cousin. <laughs> yeah. It's weird that they're, that that's, you yeah. see you, you own the rights. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's your guy. It's yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, so she gets so flustered by how handsome, uh, Jimmy, who wants to be called James Olsen, is that she literally forgets her name, which I don't think it has ever happened to a human being on Earth. Um, it's happened to me, but I have traumatic brain injury. <laughs> <laughs> she well, shoots I her eyeball lasers through him and instantly kills him. I, I don't think it's happened in the way that it happens in movies. No, where you're like, uh... Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, so she's like, I, I'm not living, she has this incredibly huge apartment. It's like a loft and it's all filled with crate and barrel furniture. And she tells her sister, I'm not living up to my potential. I'm an, I'm an assistant. I just get coffee. Major fuck you to everyone who's an assistant for a living. She's 24 (laughs) years old. So that's like right where she should be in her career path. And then there's a plane crash or there's going to be a plane crash and it's the plane her sister's on. And so she goes and saves it. And everybody's like, who is this crazy woman who saved a plane from crashing? And she, apparently everyone she knows knows it's her because James Olsen knows it's her. Her sister knows it's her. And she's like, well, I guess I have to be, I guess I have to be Supergirl. And then her, her guy friend, who's not even gay, uh, helps her make her costume and is always like, this cape will be better. And there's like a, kind of like a little mini montage of them trying different costumes. And the actress is, she's apparently she's from Glee, which I don't watch, but she's incredibly charming and adorable, and I'm on board with her. But so there's this really awkward scene that is the worst part for me. Oh, there's also a really tone-deaf gay joke. But the, So the worst part is the day after the, the, the plane incident, and everybody's like, who is this super girl? And she's like, we can't call her super girl. And Callista Flockhart's like, why not? And she's like, well, she should be Superwoman. And she's like, I'm a girl, and I'm hot, and rich, and talented, and great, (laughs) and awesome. So if you think there's a problem with being a girl, that's your fault. (laughs) And that's not true at all, because they're women. They're (laughs) women. That's not, like... That's weird. 
it do, that does not at all address the issue, which is that girl and women are syntactically distinct. <laughs> but basically, like, Calista Flockhart delivers this little monologue that's like, hey, feminists, stop hitting yourselves. And that's yeah. supposed to make us feel good. <laughs> and it doesn't. It, it doesn't at all. It's so bad. Uh it's it's kind of incredible because it's supposed to be such a stirring like like call to arms for feminism and it's just like no those are di- those are different words they mean different, they mean different things. things yep yep and i feel like it's almost kind of aimed at this sort of girl power like 12 year old girl audience of like well there's nothing wrong with being a girl which is true there's nothing wrong with being a girl for the first 18 years of your life and then you become a woman. <laughs> like it's um yeah, it's it's upsetting. It's it's very upsetting to me to see grown women call themselves girls, but especially when they're as old as Calista Flockhart's character is, who's clearly supposed to be like in her forties at least, if not fifties. Yeah. And don't yeah, don't say that shit. It's very annoying. <laughs> Other than that, that sounds up my alley, that show. Yeah, the thing is, I'm probably going to watch it, but there's, yeah, there's some weird stuff in the trailer for sure. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm for superhero stuff. It's a little more lighthearted and maybe taking a different angle on it for once. That's and the I, thing. And there's I like, colors and there's jokes. I and, like a like a yeah. rom com kind of kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, and it that. doesn't it doesn't let you forget that like, oh, it would be fun to like fly. You know, like, <laughs> this this would be a good time for a young lady. Like, she would enjoy it, and it would be cool to, like, be bulletproof, and et cetera. Um, and to but, see through clothes, hubba hubba. Hubba hubba, that's <laughs> not in the trailer, but if only. Uh, I, do you, the thing where somebody sees an attractive person, and it's almost always women, I don't think I, I, I can't really think of a lot of movies or media properties where men see a person who's attractive and immediately like like start like spitting out milk and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I don't know. Like, I think you get more of the slack jawed awe. Yeah, yeah. But with 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 like women seeing a hot guy, it's like it's like they immediately lose all motor skills. Oh, because clumsiness mm-hmm. is cute. Yeah, that's the I thing. Mean, yeah, I don't think. I can't imagine how horny you'd have to be immediately where you just, like, fall down. Yeah. You just walk into a wall. The horny stumbles. <laughs> I think it's um, called horny cataplexy, where your muscles just stop working. <laughs> you, just, you just become a little pile of human. Um, okay, so the closest thing to that that has ever happened to me, I think also it has to do with context, because one time... Uh, I was having um, vertigo symptoms and I went to see an ear, nose and throat doctor. And this doctor was so handsome (laughs) that I like could not deal like, and it's partly because like you're in a professional situation and there's a weird power dynamic, you know, you're like sitting in this chair and he's like standing there asking you about your vertigo symptoms. And it's to the point where like they had to do, I don't know if either of you've ever had vertigo, but they do this thing where they like move your head in a certain way to try to realign the crystals in your ear. Yep. And he took my glasses off for that. Uh-huh. And I was like relieved that I did that. It was like, it was like putting on sunglasses to look at the sun. Like my glasses were off so I could like look at him. <laughs> because... but, but then he gently tucked a lock of hair behind your ear and it <laughs> just ruined it. That's the thing. He wasn't, he wasn't, he was totally professional in an absolutely yeah. normal way. But it was like, you don't expect a doctor to be that good looking. 
you know, yeah. I mean, on TV they are, but in real life, generally, they're they're like they're, they're like, normal people. They're normal people. They're good looking in the way that rich people are good looking, and that they can afford nice clothes. <laughs> but they're not like you know, like that. Yeah. Um. So ban handsome doctors. Well, just like, give them a handicap. You know, like do something to, to tone it down. <laughs> like, like a Harrison Burger on mask or something. <laughs> or like a funny hat or something. <laughs> oh, that might make him more charming. Mm. Fedoras. Fedoras. He's really attractive, but wearing a deerstalker cap. Yeah, or like a like a sombrero, <laughs> like something really out of context. Like fedora. Have, have him wear a fedora. Yeah. Oh, unless unless they like suddenly get all Matt Bomer about it and make it work. <laughs> I have definitely been flustered to the and and you know this is my life. I was probably reading fan fiction or something uh, that I'd like will pick up the completely wrong thing off my desk and like try to drink a thing of nail polish remover instead of my my soda mm-hmm. pop and you know stumble around but ne- never the immediate i don't think i've ever seen anybody in real life who has has gotten such a hubba hubba reaction yeah i and and obviously i'm i'm not a a a dude who publicly comments on women being attractive Mm-hmm. Um, for for the reasons why you don't do that, mm-hmm. um, but if I could, hmm, if we lived in a in a like post patriarchal society where, okay, I'm just trying to figure out a, a way it would be okay for me to have one of those Tex Avery wolf heads mm-hmm. where my Ooh. jaw drops and then my tongue rolls out and then rolls off of the edge of the table. Um, that's really unsanitary. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> But a wolf's mouth is cleaner than ours. Uh, well, <laughs> probably <maybe>. not. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> um, or or the thing where you your head turns into a steam whistle and it mm-hmm. goes ooga. Yeah, I'm definitely all good that. choices. <laughs> that's that's the problem I have is uh, text every wolf head mm. when I see an attractive person. What about when your eyeballs pop out? You know, like they protrude and they turn into hearts. Yeah, and then you have to go to the doctor. Uh huh. And then the doctor's really good looking, and it's like, oh, fuck. It's even worse. It's just exacerbating my condition. When your heart, like, leaps out of your chest and pumps in in midair in front of you. Mm hmm. And then you you just die because your heart's no longer in your body. Mm hmm. Uh, Cartoon romance is. Guys, attractive uh, people are dangerous. (laughs) The number one killer. We have to put these fedoras on them. Uh, cartoon attraction. Awooga. Wait, ha- okay, have you guys seen Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yes. Yes. Because that was something that I, I think I saw bits and pieces of as a kid and then did not see for a really long time. Um, and, and like, had a bunch of weird feelings about. Oh, yeah. Uh, anything with, like, a, I think anything with, like, sensual cartoon dames is is kind of guaranteed to be a weird like a a childhood film experience that is going to read strange in in your memory that movie is is the source of of what i this phenomenon i call queer vu, where you grow up and then you look back at something and go oh now i understand why that made me feel that way yeah i do know what you mean yeah and so like (laughs) jessica rabbit or uh 
and Vogue videos or Annie Lennox. I was I was really hoping you were going to say Jessica Rabbit or Bob Hoskins. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Hoskins doesn't make me feel gay feelings by definition. <laughs> Uh, Did you? I, I I remember the first time I heard Bob Hoskins speak with his actual accent, and I lost my mind. I what? What does it sound like? He's I like don't know. Cockney or was he's passed? Hmm. I mean, I've seen him in the in the Long Good Friday, um, which is a movie where at one point he stabs a guy in the throat with a bottle. So those are my only two <laughs> Bob Hoskins experiences. He was also in Hook. Oh wait, yeah, he was Smee. And I remember that uh, I, I read that uh, he and Dustin Hoffman decided that they were playing Smee and Captain Hook as a gay couple, and that made Steven Spielberg mad. Whoa. That's yeah. cool. <laughs> Did you guys see, was it Stardust? God, wait, was Claire Danes in that? I haven't seen it. Okay, it's based on a Neil Gaiman book. Mm-hmm. I read the um, book, I didn't see the movie. Wait, who is in that? Yeah, oh, um, Danes. Um, Daredevil was in it, right? Matt... Is that Ch- Charlie Cox? Yeah, I think so. Um, and and uh, I can't. I'm looking it up. Right. Um, <laughs> and uh, Robert De Niro is a uh, is a um a, uh, a, a sky pirate who it's kind it's. So this movie came out in 2007. So he's a he's a sky pirate who uh wears women's clothing in private. And it's 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 kind of amazing how how confused in 2007 the movie was about like whether or not like like it's it's just it's 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 one of those things where you can tell they were like we're doing a good job at like like mm-hmm. we're doing a socially good job at this, but the end result is just kind of confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, it was an okay movie. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, that's Claire our Danes podcast, is in it. and so is Michelle Pfeiffer. That's who's like on the whose names are on the cover. Yeah, it's and Robert De Niro. God, man, I don't remember seeing this. I only remember that bit with Robert De Niro. Peter O'Toole is in it? Mm-hmm. And Mark Strong. Henry Cavill? I think this was during the period of time where Mark Strong just always played angry men. Who? What is Mark Strong? Who is Who is this man? <laughs> what is Mark? Uh, he was in... Um, he was in the... Uh, the second... Um, Sherlock Holmes movie. Oh. oh, he was in The Imitation Game... He was on that show, Low Winter Sun, which I didn't watch, but I saw commercials for. (laughs) I think this is a guy who I haven't seen. (laughs) Did you see Zero Dark Thirty? Nope. Oh, he was was in Kick-Ass? Nope. Um, I guess I could just... Yeah. Yep. I don't... Nope. I haven't seen this man. Well, we've solved it, guys. Oh, Sunshine. haven't seen. I guess I did see Sunshine, but I mostly remember, like... Nothing, I guess. <laughs> sure. When you guys look up somebody on IMDb, the thing I always like to do is go back to like their very first credits. Mm-hmm. Um, in this case, he was in a show called After Henry in 1989 as Roger. 
Um, is that is that what you guys do? <laughs> no, sorry. I do try to figure out what I know people from, and it's hard. For me, a lot of times, I'm like, what, where do I know this person? And it turns out that I like know their voice from some cartoon or video game. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a nerd alert. I'm a nerd oh. alert? No. I am, though. Sure. I'm Wait, you are on. a nerd alert? Yeah. Or it's an alert that... Um... That I'm a nerd? It's, it's yes. I am one. Okay. I'm willing... I go off if, there's, if there are nerds. Well, she's like the canary in the coal mine. Where like, if you if she likes it, that that's a nerd alert, you know. Yeah. Like, and also if nerds are around, I go nerd. <laughs> okay, you're not sounding right now, so I guess we're safe. I, yeah, I guess we're safe. <laughs> no nerds here, certainly. <laughs> Let's talk more about Batman. Last night I watched. I'm 33 years old. And alone in my apartment on a Saturday night, I watched the film The Tooth Fairy. Well, we know why. Well, yes. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. How was it? It was pretty good. I feel like that's an entire genre, because what's the... What What was the Hulk Hogan movie? Uh, Oh, Mr. Mom? Something like that. Well, Mr. Mom is the... uh, Mr. Nanny. Yes. And then what was the one with uh, a weigh-ins with? Um... Nope, I don't know. Oh, man, Major Pain with uh, Damon Wayans. Hmm. Um. Anyway, well, since I had previously watched The Pacifier, I decided, you know, I've got to make it make a make a set of the two. So what? So I I don't. I haven't seen this movie, and I don't know almost anything about it, so... So, uh, The Rock is playing a minor league hockey player. Uh, this was news to me that there is a minor league in hockey, but I guess that makes sense. Who, who is known <laughs> Do as... Do you have to pay to be in the minor league hockey league? He seemed to, he seemed to be having a good living. He, he, was, he was driving around in a pretty slick convertible, but I think I realized that uh, <laughs> in order to fit in a car... Dwayne the Rock Johnson needs to have a, have a roof that comes off. Oh, because yeah, he's a he's a big man, but he was he's... in the movie with Stephen Merchant, who is even taller than him. Mm. That's the guy who uh, he's a comedian. He was he's done a bunch of Ricky Gervais stuff, and for me, most notably, he did the voice of Wheatley in Portal Two. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it was very interesting. I was like, I know that voice, and there he is, being six seven and spindly, and being <laughs> being a caseworker fairy. Excuse me? He was a caseworker fairy for the Tooth Fairy Department. He didn't have wings. Okay. Yeah. Well, you see what happens with mm-hmm. The Rock is that mm-hmm. he, he's got a girlfriend with two kids. Mm-hmm. And one of the, the little girl has just lost her tooth. And he ends up trying to tell her that the Tooth Fairy isn't real. And then as his punishment for doing this, he is drafted into service to be a Tooth Fairy for a week. Uh-huh. And, uh... I'm completely blanking on her name now. Oh, Julie Andrews is the chief of the... She's the fairy godmother. Wow. Yeah. I was not aware of that. And uh, Billy Crystal is in it, too, as, like, the, the M <laughs> of the Tooth Fairy Department. Uh, the, uh... No, no, Julie Andrews is the M, the, uh, Q. He's got all the gadgets. <laughs> all the Tooth okay. Fairy gadgets. Well, I'm sold. 
I love the genre of thing where something that's fantastical is made into bureaucracy. I love it too. Yeah. Like, I remember when I was a kid writing, we did the young authors workshop, I think it was called, where you like write a book and then you like bind it in this like, and I wrote this book about a, uh, a young bunny who is like drafted into the Easter bunny service. <laughs> like, it. Turn in your gun and badge. <laughs> and like you, you, it, it chooses you basically that whole Santa Claus, you know, elf is kind of like this where it's like, it's real. And it's like, it's just a fucking it's a job. job. Yeah. And, yeah. I think that also, it kind of makes you feel better about not having magic powers and being able to fly because eventually having magic powers and being able to fly would just be a job like everything else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would say one of my, I think my, my favorite part of the tooth fairy is there's a scene where he's playing poker with all of his hockey buddies. And because it is a Disney family movie, none of them are drinking beer. They all uh-huh. have juice boxes. <laughs> what? <laughs> they all have little minute made juice boxes with straws in them. Does anyone comment on like, nope. that, that's a, hmm. I, and they, I almost didn't notice it, and then I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> they couldn't even have, like, Coke. Like, like just like I think it was. I think it was on purpose that, that whoever was making that movie was like, well, you know, uh, standards and practices or whatever it says we can't have beer. Let's just go with the most ridiculous thing instead. Like, sure. instead of just having I like that. Yeah. Yeah. It was, a, yeah. it was a genuinely, I laughed. It was a funny movie. It was, it was fun. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, is the, it like oh the the sad second of act act would have wrecked you though Sarah like oh no what happens oh well he you know he's he's he doubts himself he because his main problem is he doesn't think dreams can ever come true and he won't because he you know he's he he hurt himself and got knocked down to the miners and doesn't believe he can ever come back again and tells uh-huh. you know children that you know don't follow your dreams so oh, he's no. a high school guidance counselor <laughs> yeah. And there's a bit where he's like, he's been, you know, practicing with his girlfriend's teenage son to, you know, get him to to play the guitar for the school talent show. And then he's, you know, feeling, feeling sad about things because he tried, he tried hard at a, to to score a point at a hockey game and he missed. And so he's like, nope, never try. So he, (laughs) and now is this before he becomes the tooth fairy or No, he's already in, he's already in a fairy. And uh-huh. he's been, and he's been like, this has been after the montage of him turning things around, of him like taking out. Oh, uh huh, uh huh. And then it's like, no, trying is doesn't work. You're you're never gonna be a success success. And him uh-huh. just yelling at people and tearing them down, but then he brings it back around again. I don't Good. know how how you could. I don't know if it's possible to bring it back around if you tell your girlfriend's kid that he's never going to be a success. <laughs> I feel like be a deal breaker <laughs> he showed up in a fairy costume and and gave him a new guitar huh <laughs> yeah in uh, your eyes <laughs> there was, this this morning i was like i woke up and i was like no it's it's too early i want to go back to sleep and i was just kind of lying there in bed thinking of various plot holes in the movie the tooth fairy but that i now can't remember <laughs> Was, was he was in was he also in Escape from Witch Mountain yes. either a remake or Escape from Witch Mountain 2? He was in one of them. I know cuz I cuz when I searched it on Amazon that popped up too. He's Wait, been in a couple that, of kids. Wow, movies. is Okay, 
There's I, there's a lot of Witch Mountain movies. I saw the original when I was a kid. Or, you know, at, at least some older version. Yeah. Sort of like at the same time that, like, it was appropriate to be watching Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's another one I slept through. <laughs> I don't think you're missing much. Mm. That was a really weird time. Um, I fell asleep watching that movie, and then and it was really little. I was like five or six. And then my family just let me sleep through dinner. <laughs> and then I woke up, and I'm like, I'm hungry. And they gave me some saltines. <laughs> oh. Like, I just slept through dinner, and they just let me sleep. It was the weirdest thing. I think that might be the only time that ever happened to me, but I remember being kind of mad. That's a good reason to be mad. <laughs> yeah. They gave me some saltines. With margarine on them. Well. Wow. You know. Yeah, it's not a meal, not no. even for a child. I mean, maybe in the 30s. That that actually sounds like a very, like, like children's sci-fi thing to have, or sci-fi fantasy thing to have happen to you. Like, I can imagine mm-hmm. that happening in uh, A Wrinkle in Time. Or like Matilda or something. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. someone falling asleep and waking up and being given saltines with margarine. Mm-hmm. And then there's a unicorn. Right, and I'm like, take me away from this dumb place where they don't feed me meals because I fell asleep on a Sunday afternoon. And the rock just hoists you onto his shoulders. <laughs> oh my god, well that's still my fantasy. The rock a corn? Oh. He, he says that unicorns aren't real and he's taken to Unicorn Central. Oh, oh no. Man. And he becomes a beautiful centaur. And then he flexes his muscles and his horn pops off like in Furious 7. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, all of my daydreams involve either Vin Diesel or the Hulk. The, the Hulk, no, The Rock. I, I, still, I have a thing. I have a thing with Hulk Hogan open on my computer, and I saw it. I do not think I will be watching Mr. Nanny. Mm. I do not need uh, Hulk Hogan in my Screaming life constantly at children. Oh boy. So wait, I have another question about the Tooth Fairy. Yeah. The movie, not the actual Tooth Fairy. Not the bureaucracy of Tooth Fairydom. Um, So how many, like, uh, heteronormative, gender panic type jokes are in this movie? Only a little, very, very few. It's when he first becomes a Tooth Fairy, he he gets, he shows up and he's wearing the female Tooth Fairy outfit, which is pink and has a tutu. Mm -hmm. And people are just like, oh, you're wearing the wrong, you got the wrong one on. That's interesting. We'll get you. There's kind of a haha, but he's so then he has, you know, blue tights and kind of a, like a little tunic thing. So it's not it's not significantly less it's still silly. Yeah, it's yeah. still pretty silly. Huh. And there and there is some some bits of of seeing his his be tights legs and people going, "What is he wearing?" But hmm. Did you see? I'm oh, I'm certain you did, and I may have seen it from you. But did you see uh, The Rock uh, doing the lip sync of "Shake It Off" on Jimmy Fallon? Oh yeah. Okay, because so I saw this like kind of interesting conversation about it on Facebook about like how is this just the normal joke of big manly man does girly thing, or is there something more happening? Like, is it is it? better than that and i think it's better than that because he commits to it so strongly there was also um when he hosted snl some years ago he he did a an opening act that was you know 
it was like, oh, people say I'm I'm not tough anymore because I'm in these movies and everything. And he's like, I'll show you how tough I am. And he just bursts into a song about how he's a tough guy. And if, if I was tough, would I do this? And like, they bring him, you know, a chair that he's like, seems like he's going to break, but then he just starts, you know, shaking his booty on it and stuff like that. He's tearing That's off adorable. tearing off clothes to reveal, you know, sparkly dance fest and uh-huh. doing rocket kicks. And I watch that when I'm sad. <laughs> Oh. That it sounds great. It yeah. sounds like a real pick me up. It's on Yahoo screen. You can see it whenever you want. Lovely. I have not seen that. Nor I and I also have. I haven't seen the lip sync thing. I'm I'm behind. It's pretty adorable. I mean, he's really into it, and you kind of get the feeling that like he knew all the words before he was called upon to do this lip sync thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. He seems real into it. They were like, could you lip sync? And he's like, shake it off. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't even finish saying the words. He's he already like off, off the phone and in his car. Like, yeah. No, we don't need you for another two weeks. We're doing it now. <laughs> the Rock says so. Oh, Dwayne. My oh, Dwayne. He's so great. He was also in, I think I first fell in love with him. When I saw the movie, uh, the the um, Get Smart, mm, I have see not that. seen that. It's surprisingly good. I saw it in the theater, and I, I sometimes I think about that, and I'm like, movie prices sure have gone up. <laughs> but I used to think, I used to be be able to go, okay, yeah, I'll go see Get Smart in the theater. And that one, that was uh, Steve Carell and Anne Hathaway. Mm-hmm. And The Rock, wearing a lot of suits, and I, I saw it with a friend, and she was like, "You just kept let, letting out these lovesick sighs every time you appeared on screen, <laughs> just going <sighs> dreamy." Mm, that so one dreamy. had surprisingly sensitive fat jokes. Really? Because in the in it, um, Steve Carell's character, uh, he's Maxwell Smart, of course. Mm-hmm. He. Like it, part of his backstory is that he used to be really fat, and but then then he lost a lot of weight. But it like it actually had had dealt with. He's like, yeah, I still feel really weird about that because my brain still feels like I'm a fat guy, and mm-hmm. that people are gonna not like me because of that. And and I was like, oh, as as a fat person, I was like, that's uh, surprisingly sensitive. Yeah, yeah. As opposed, as opposed to doing the, I, usually the joke is like, I used to be fat and now I'm skinny and everything's fine forever. Right, and then like, don't show anyone a picture of back when I was fat. Like, don't acknowledge it in any way. Like on Friends with Monica Ugh. when they like, Ugh. yeah. No, but it was, it was, it was nice. And that was a, I could, I could stand to watch that movie again. Maybe I'll uh-huh. do that tonight mm-hmm. with that Anne Hathaway. I like her so much. I love her. She gets a lot of wow. Hate. Yeah, she does get a lot of hate. I love her. I love her too. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, take that, Patriot. I mean, I've yeah. seen some. I've seen some real bad movies that she's in. I hated Bride Wars. However, <laughs> in general, I think she's great. Was she in The Devil Wears Prada? Yeah, and that I haven't seen that. Oh, they try to act like she's ugly. It's really oh. funny. <laughs> but it is interesting what they do because they're like at the beginning they're like, oh, she's so dumpy, and it's like. What, like so, what do they do to make her dumpy? Because I'm I'm always interested in what they do to try to handicap an attractive woman. Um, and it's that she has kind of an unflattering haircut, 
and she has like a really unsupportive bra that she wears. So her boobs are like kind of floppy and like not. So it gives the illusion that she's overweight, not that she's overweight, but like, it's kind of like a signifier of like, like not caring about her body, even though she's clearly like thin. And it's also interesting because this is like, it's a fashion movie. And so they make, I just saw it like last week is why I know all this. Um, so they, uh, they make all these jokes about her being a size six, which is like a fucking cow in the fashion world. And that's interesting too, to me, because like, it's, it's kind of like the movie's acknowledging that that's bullshit, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but but the, we're we're still making this movie, so yeah, we have to pretend but, that this elegant gazelle of a woman is. Yeah, and then she gets like you know her transformation, and the end of it is is really weak. Um, I don't like the the moral at all. But um, tell us what is the moral of? Okay, well, so she gets, so she's like this journalism you know major from from Northwestern, and she gets this job working at at what is basically Vogue, except they don't call it that. They keep calling it My Cousin. No, that's not true. Um, and... <laughs> My Cousin Magazine. <laughs> <laughs> My Cousin Magazine. Um, and so she, and she kind of like thinks she's above like the fashion world, you know? She's like, I don't care about any of this. But then, because she's like a smart person who's, you know, she like wants to do good at her job. And so she gets really good at her job and she's like super into it and then her friends are like you've changed and her boyfriend's like you've changed and she's like right but like i i'm working really hard at this and they're like mm, you're not the person you used to be and so her boyfriend leaves her and she's like sad and then you find out like both Meryl Streep like her marriage is falling apart and then uh Stanley Tucci who's so good in it is like, oh yeah, like if you're when your whole life is falling apart, that's when you're up for a promotion. Like this job takes everything from you. And so she leaves the job and gets a job at like a newspaper, which she might as well be Colonial Williamsburg. But she gets a job at a newspaper and then her boyfriend is like, well, maybe we can work something out. And that's, like, the end of the movie. But it's really stupid that, like, we're supposed to believe that because she got into this good job that she wasn't sure she wanted, and then she got really good at it, and then everybody's like, you're 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 different. You're not supposed to care about your job because we've decided you can't care about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I fucking hate in movies where the woman's flaw is that she cares about her job. It's yeah. the worst. So. And then, oh, she leaves that job, and now her boyfriend wants her back. It's like, that doesn't, that doesn't make sense. And she's clearly like still cares about her friends because you know, when you're like in the fashion industry, you get a bunch of free shit. Then she brings all this free stuff to her friends. She's like, look, I got you this like thousand dollar handbag and I got you this other thing and I got you this other thing. And then her cell phone rings and her friends are like going to answer it like in a joke voice. And she gets mad at them for it. Like, but she's an adult. Like an adult? Yeah, like, you don't do that no matter what your friend's job is. Like, you don't go to a restaurant and, like, make a scene when your friend works there because that's going to get them in trouble. I'm a doctor. (laughs) Of course I'm answering it. (laughs) Right. Like, that's, you don't do that. And they act like she's changed because she doesn't want them to answer her cell phone in a funny voice. Because she wants to be good at her job. Because she wants to be good at her job. Yeah. How dare she? How dare she? (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, Julie Andrews was really great as her job, in her job as the head of the tooth fairies that sounds good yeah she had uh extra wings really 
She had bigger wings than everyone else. That's incredible. Yeah, <laughs> sounds good. Now, was she appointed or elected, or did she work her way up? Like, how does how does that work? It was really unclear. Mm, <laughs> I need to know all the bureau- bureaucratic details. Yeah, there was. Def- I was definitely thinking about the tooth fairy bureaucracy a lot. And there, there, there had been some talk about tooth fairy genetics or tooth fairy evolution. Oh, so there's like midi chlorians. <laughs> well, clearly some people are like you can be made a tooth fairy for a period of time. Like some people right. are 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 drafted after mm-hmm. they've had done, they've done wrong. Right, like the rock. Yeah, against belief. And there was talk about how you know these days. All of our industries are failing, you know, the leprechauns, the unicorns, because people oh, don't believe man. anymore. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, Billy Crystal's fairy <laughs> character was married to a leprechaun. That's cute. Yeah. Well, I can just imagine it. <laughs> I'm not a witch, I'm your wife. Pretty much that. Princess Wait. Bride, anybody? Oh, you know, I don't think I've seen the Princess Bride all the way ah, through. There we go. My grandmother I... was reading it to me, and there was just too much kissing. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. Fred Savage? Was that Fred Savage? It was Fred Savage. Mm-hmm. He's a direct... He, he directs ads now. Good for him. Really? Yeah. He actually... He just directed uh, a Realtor.com commercial with Elizabeth Banks that uh, was cut at my company. Really? So we're back to Elizabeth Banks. I love her. She's great. Did you guys see the Baxter? No, I haven't seen no. that. Oh my god, the Baxter is so good. It's so good. Does that have... Uh... Showalter. Yep. That's the guy. Uh, and I think David Wayne directed it? Yeah, and um, Justin Thoreau is in it. Hmm. As like the rival love interest. And um, what's her name from uh, Dawson's Creek? Uh, uh, what is her name? I don't know. Tom, who am I talking about that's in the Baxter? Come on, husband. <laughs> Come on, husband. Something Williams? Michelle Williams. Michelle Williams. There it oh! Is. Boy, I didn't know she was on Dawson's Creek. Right? She was on Dawson's Creek? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Married to Heath Ledger. Oh. Yeah, that's well. right. <laughs> Sorry that that was my automatic reaction. <laughs> No, it's super sad, but she's great. She's a great actress, and she's really good in that movie. Yeah. Speaking of Heath Ledger, have any of you have have you guys seen A Knight's Tale? No. That's one I highly recommend. My Which... wife owns it on DVD. It's sitting in the other room right now. Well, it's also on streaming on Netflix right now, and it's a quality film. It's got a blanket on his name. Very pale man. <laughs> Does the voice of Jarvis? Nope. No. Paul Bettany. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Oh, uh, okay. oh, oh. Paul Bettany Whoa. plays Chaucer. Is this the voice of Jarvis, really? Yeah. Oh. Now you know. Now I know. He, oh, he plays know. Chaucer, and uh, the guy who was the, the first king in Game of Thrones is in there, and there's contemporary music, and it works. Hmm. And the, the female love interest is just wearing, like, couture for no reason, just because it's... <laughs> And it's it's because great. I will have to check it out. I actually may legitimately watch that this evening. Oh my god! It's a first. We're finally watching something. <laughs> so let's see. So so Whitney's homework is Pitch Perfect, 
the mm-hmm. Baxter. Oh boy. And there was something else. Probably the. Uh, always... uh, race to Witch Mountain. <laughs> yes, race to Witch Mountain. I probably would have watched that anyway. So. And do do I have an assignment? Um, you do not, under any circumstance, have to watch Saving Private Ryan. It's very long and depressing. <laughs> okay, I see. Okay, so to, to bring it back, so I saw like the first fifteen minutes that really big like battle. My uh, U.S. history teacher showed it in high school. We just watched that part. It's weird. And you were like, and then he was like, "That's World War Two. Now we're moving on to." <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, I mean, to, it was... to the Korean War as typified by MASH. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think it was at the beginning of the unit about World War II, but I'm not sure. I do know that um, there was a kid in my class who was one of those like World War II like buffs. Like he was super into it. He had like his grandpa's helmet or something, and it was the only time in that class that I didn't get the best grade in the class on a test. He beat me on the World War II test. It was the only time. And he was, like, not a good student who got straight A's by any means. It was his time to shine. It was. I was proud of him, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it was good. Good for him. I saw Saving Private Ryan in the theater with my friend in high school. Mm-hmm. And I think that was just because it was the 90s, and people talked about movies, and then you went and saw them. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was, like, $7 to go to the movies. Right. Oh, and that was the day I found $20 on the ground. So you came out of it ahead. Yeah, you made a profit. <laughs> this is mostly what I remember about seeing Saving Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan is that you, you found twenty dollars immediately beforehand. And you know who's in Saving Private Ryan? Vin Diesel. No shit. 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 I was gonna say that like the real World War II, it stimulated the economy. Yeah. Like you found the twenty, <laughs> and then it was like, oh, like, <laughs> like <laughs> now. You know, and then I got home and had a baby. Uh huh. Yep. <laughs> Bought a house, went to school on the GI Bill. You really turned your life around. Oh, man. Thanks, Saving Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, Saving Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan. Oh my God. The new for a new generation. <laughs> if he doesn't get a hundred retweets by by sunup, his mom has to. To bury Why? him? I don't know. <laughs> you don't even know. <laughs> what do you think the plot of Saving Private bad. Ryan is? No, no, no. I know I know that he had, like, a whole bunch of brothers who died, and so he gets to go home because his brothers died, and they have to find him. Yeah, there you go. And so they send a bunch of dudes to find him, and maybe Tom Hanks is there? Tom Hanks is there. Uh-huh, and maybe Matt Damon is there? I think so. That's all I know. And it, it makes sense that um, Saving Private Ryan and, and Band of Brothers both look alike because they're both, like, produced by Tom Hanks and yeah. everything. Mm. I'm glad to, to come back around to Saving Private Ryan. And I think that's that's a good place to, to end the, the afternoon. Uh, Sarah, would you like to tell people where to find you or plug anything or do um well sure yeah uh my twitter is is yellow cardigan um and i'd like to think that i'm funny um i you are funny let's see what else i work for thank you i work for make that thing and topotico uh both of which are great companies that you should shop at and support the kickstarter campaigns that we produce um 
And right now we're going to be doing fulfillment on Erica Moen's, uh, the next volume of Ojoy Sex Toy. If you haven't backed that Kickstarter yet, you should, um, because that book is going to be great. And it's so good. Uh, yeah, I was really excited. Like sometimes. Whenever that comic updates on Tuesdays, and I always check it on my phone at work. Uh huh. (laughs) So I'm like, do, 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 looking at something dirty at my desk. Yeah. And then I and then I forget my name and walk into a wall and try sure. to drink a bottle of nail polish. Mm-hmm. You get horny cataplexy. <laughs> uh, that's um I think that might be all I have to plug. My comic is on hiatus, but I am a cartoonist. And uh, that's all I got. Those are good things. Okay, thanks. And this has been a great time. You've been very fun and wonderful. Oh, thanks for having me. And we enjoyed it all. Uh, you you follow us on Twitter at I haven't seen. It's uh, there's I haven't seen that dot com. I remember I challenged people to write reviews last week, and then I forgot to check to see if anybody has written any reviews. So you could totally <laughs> sneak in this week, and I would I would not know. Like I just like I dare you, I dare you to write a review <laughs> and tell your friends and uh, do all those things to keep. To keep people listening, to hear and these, believing, to hear these hot takes, mm-hmm. to keep and the not seeing things. things. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Keep keep the faith. Don't see anything. It refuse to see things. Because if you haven't seen something, maybe someday you'll be on this show. <laughs> keep your eyes closed, true believers. <laughs> All right. Goodbye, everybody. Okay. Bye. See Thank ya. you. Bye. Bye.